to see for yourselves one of the most amazing events. When is this great experiment made? Impervious to heat, impossible to move. Is it human or inhuman? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It's time for the Beaky Drummy Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Hello and welcome to the Geeky Brummy Podcast. Joining me today, Mr. Philip Ellis. Hello, hello, hello. Mr. Lee Price. Hello. Mr. Keith Bloomfield. Hello, Ryan. Mr. Guy Halfon. And your mom. <laughs> and behind the desk, Mr. Colin Dates. All right. How are what we all this that? week? <laughs> I just, that's my thing. I just always say all, all right. right. All right, yeah. He sounds like a macaw. He <laughs> sounds like his balls haven't dropped. Do you remember what a macaw is? It's a parrot. Congratulations, you actually did learn something. Well done, you've retained information. <laughs> so, you now move up to the next level. <laughs> so what have we been up to this week? Lee, starts off. Oh, good. Um, I've not really had the most interesting week. I've mostly been fighting with the fact that my internet has been terrible. Is it still broken? It's still broken. Um, ever since they did maintenance, it seems to have just broken. So I don't know what maintenance... Was the maintenance guy a guy called Tharg and he just came around and hit stuff with a hammer? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, how long does it really take to get fixed? Because I lost my internet last year. Ryan's pushing me closer to the mic (laughs) because apparently I don't speak cloud enough anymore. Uh, yeah, you went from being way too loud to being way too quiet now. That's like, because I had a man literally like making me deep throat this mic. Um, <laughs> I feel like like when the internet goes, it sucks because I lost mine for like two weeks. Like, mm-hmm. and there's never a, like a logical explanation yeah. or answer from them as to like why that mm-hmm. is not working. They're like, oh no, someone's gonna come and have a look at. Oh no, it's all about like red cables or something. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not legitimate. Every time you phone, oh, it's got to be at your end. It's never at their <laughs> end, yeah. which is a lie. It's always mm. at their end. Well, it's the never is, your equipment. Sometimes it's working sometimes but then any time that i actually want to do something with the internet that's when it breaks so what oh don't ask actually is the problem do you know like have you worked it out no well if you knew Cal, he would fix it <laughs> yeah would they no but you know what i mean like they can know what the problem no, don't, is don't, don't don't know what you mean <laughs> uh, i'm assuming lee is not a phone engineer by no. night it's no. not it's kind of a Secret alter ego. So what, what you... At night, I become phone and internet man. <laughs> that is the worst secret identity to have. <laughs> well, no, it's what's, it's the NSA secret identity. Yeah. I am I am the blue yonder. <laughs> wasn't, that a, wasn't that a Monty Python sketch, like phone operator, phone repairman, or something like I that? I think possibly might be something like that. Callum, what's Monty Python? It's a group of people that make funny films, and I think they do like stage. Productions, but I've only ever seen the films, so I'm going to give him that one. Yeah, well, that, yeah. that's close yeah. enough. Yeah. Right. yeah. Who who were the Pythons? Can you oh, name any of them? No follow up questions. Let's three more, three of the Pythons. Okay, I genuinely can't name any of them. Right. Okay. I Although clearly... I have seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail and The Life of Brian. I feel like maybe he was watching Bible films instead. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I could only maybe name. Three of them. Go on, but you go, Phil. You go. Come on, Terry Gilliam. Yep, mm-hmm. that is Michael... the that is genuinely the obscure one. To <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Michael yeah. Palin. Okay. Yes, of course, John Cleese. Yeah, anymore. Oh, no. One of them has got the same name as one of the no- ones you've already said. Pretty much same first Terry... name. Terry. 
No, I, yes. I don't know. Yeah, Terry is it, is is it Terry? There's another, there's another Terry, and he's the one that wrote the stage play of yes. Life of Brian, but I can't yes. remember his Terry Jones. Terry Jones, there we go. Yes. <laughs> the, the most obvious surname. <laughs> See, the three he mentioned, I've actually know, I've heard of those people, and those names are all familiar. And you got Graham Chapman, who passed passed away he was the, uh, quite early, didn't well, quite a long time ago. And then. Eric Idle, which annoyed yes. me because, like, I had my windows open my house the other day. I just heard some bloke in his car out the window just singing, always look on the bright side of life. And it's kind of like, do you know what? I don't want to hear this. I so, just don't want to hear you singing this. Is that your crazy neighbour? Is, is he returning to the scene of the crime? We're not allowed to talk about that, right? For uh, potential slander reasons. <laughs> so, still rubbish internet. Yeah. So, what have you been doing instead? can't really do much when you haven't yeah. got the internet. Well, you, you can. You can do what Keith does and you can visit a sex shop <laughs> instead because and, then and it per- makes up your lack of access to that computer, material online. A computer exchange store, Philip. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. right. You can go right. to a computer exchange and pick up a Blu-ray mm. of your choice. Mm. You see, what happened was <laughs> <laughs> many years ago, for some unknown reason, the shop which everybody else had called CEX, which is what it was called, decided to run an advertising campaign where they made it a thing that the, the letters CEX, in their uh, wisdom, was pronounced sex. And their Wi-Fi is also called unprotected sex. If you go to the shop. <laughs> and their staff Wi-Fi is protected sex. <laughs> That's great. So it's not funny. Those aren't the kind of workplace protections that I would think about. <laughs> come to mind, but it's no. good. It's good that they are giving those, those those protections to their employees. But it mainly came up because Keith went to purchase Destiny from CX and then went home and grinded on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, we're not going down this rabbit hole again. I feel like we've beaten this this Uh. joke to like the point that it's just. Well, you you're well knowledgeable about beating things, aren't you? So, So, Lee, anything else? Not really. Just being frustrated at a blinky box in the corner. Mostly, yes. Phil, what have you been up to? Here we go. Here <laughs> this we week, go. I was in Milan. I can't <laughs> help that I just have a, a much more interesting life than you, Guy. Um, so this week, uh, I've, I've had a very exciting week, actually. I got, um, cool, sh- what else happened this week? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a shout-out on um, another podcast. shout-out. Um, from uh, Sunday Times journalist Pandora Sykes. Uh, she, she gave me a shout-out because she likes my writing. And um, also, I was invited on to an NPR uh, morning drive time talk show in Los Angeles called Air Talk on KPCC uh, to talk about the gay best friend stereotype in media and how art imitates life or the other way around when it comes to cliches. Can I just ask, this was definitely you and not the other Philip Ellis that's on Twitter. They haven't got the wrong person, have they? <laughs> we wanted like, the guy without the underscore. But this is why I keep my DMs open because for, like every three unsolicited like weird message, you get somebody who has a legitimate query. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, you're on American radio. And you were on Slayerfest tonight, yeah, again, weren't you? I Slayer was. Fest. Yes, I was a special guest co-host talking about the Forever episode, and that's going to be coming up this Tuesday. <laughs> were you um, inebriated during that? Yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> we should listen. <laughs> Are you going to be a guest in America or in the UK on America? What? 
you going to America to be the guest, or are you just no? Are no, it's already it's, recorded. It's, radio. it's called, it's called Skype, guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to fly to, oh, to so the stage like... just to be on like a 20 minute like <laughs> podcast. So you were basically sat in your pants, just uh, in, in your front room, in my tracky tea. bottoms, drinking <laughs> from a, a bottle suit, of Malbec. Was it yes. suit jacket and like smart shirt up, and then tracky bottoms from the way down? <laughs> it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't a video chat. So like the, the Skype th- uniform wasn't he tried, required. He tried to make it a video chat, but it just just <laughs> there used to be a newsreader, and I can't remember which one it was. He just always wore slippers under the desk, <laughs> slippers and shorts. Well, why not? That would be Nobody me as see. a newsreader. You wouldn't be a newsreader, not because you get the stories baffled or mixed up, and they probably it, it, announce there's been a war by accident. Yes. But he'd just be shocked at everything he said. So, I didn't know that. Trump's president. What? <laughs> what? It would be Dave from Chaz and Dave has died. What? Actually, no. Sorry, Chaz. You, that's that's what any announcement would be. Is like I don't know who they are. He'd, 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 he'd get midway through. Andre. He'd get midway through an announcement and be like, "Wait, who's that?" Wait, no, like, no, 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 no. He'd be like, "Can you explain this to me?" He's like, "No, you're the news really, Callum." <laughs> So and Chunky Pernet. Knit does not go very well on daytime TV either. Chunky Knit is amazing. Everyone it, should unless wear you're Chunky on Knits. Country File. <laughs> well, he's that channel, is not clothing. He's channeling his inner Giles Brandreth today. Who? Really, <laughs> Do you know what? Let's not talk about that man because he is he's a, he's a tool. So Giles Brandreth. Yeah. He just he just thinks because he's eloquent it means he's smart and yeah. it never pans out well eloquence only gets you a job on the one show doesn't it so. and channel four in dictionary corner does and it countdown. does it is, wow he seems to live in dictionary corner i thought that, i t- thought that countdown was just on at like 10 o'clock every week night with jimmy Carr presenting these days to be honest with you does jimmy Carr have the most annoying laugh no, in all of tv <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that has to be a fake laugh well, apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> I stand corrected. Oh wow! That's, I, I I thought he was just doing a really good impression, but now <laughs> it sounds no, like a seagull choking He's on a chip. Actually, just laughing. He's got really red in the face as well, which is. Uh... And he's sat in like a really weird hunched way as well. So he started laughing, his shoulders hunched up as well, like Cosimoda. It's the way I said it. He looked like a seagull choking on a chip. That's the only way I could describe it. Anyway, Phil, any other adventures you've been up to? No, no, that, 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 that's all. No more trips coming up soon. I'm going to Lanzafoti in a few weeks. Sorry, Lanzafoti. Oh, wow, <laughs> thats what we're calling it. Yeah. So I've just booked. Uh... I've just booked my airport parking, and I've just booked. Um, just booked a hire car for when we get there. Uh, me and nine other people are renting a villa. And I've, made, I've said, I've, I'll book it. I thought you and nine people were renting a car. <laughs> I was just like, how's this going to work? What rental car is this going to be? What is that monster I, I, <laughs> It's a Fiat 500 and they all stand up in the back. I've, I've got the fold-down screen. <laughs> I've booked it with the caveat that I will collect it from the rental place. And they'll be like, I'm not driving. And I was like, I, I intend to get on the get on the plane and then just drink a bottle of wine. <laughs> Like, I was like, guys, you, none of you have met Holiday Phil. <laughs> you thought this was bad. Oh, honey. What have you rented? Or is it just, say, a small car? Well, so there's one car that comes with the villa that we've um, we've hired. So it's literally like a Ford Focus. It's nothing too exciting. I was like, what is the cheapest five-seater? But there's nine of you going. Yes, right, they've Alan. already got a car. That, that yeah. won't add up. Yeah, there's two this cars. Oh. It's a listening to... comprehension exercise, guy. <laughs> I didn't get the I'm car. sorry. You can, you can never... Villa. And then there's another car. Uh, you there's can never the call v, me stupid. Which is Phil's car, and the humdrum oh, v, which oh, is. <laughs> oh my god, it's going to be like a sort of divide in the group. It's like who wants to go in Phil's car because that's going to be like the fun car. I'm not like a regular driver. I'm a fun, I'm a fun driver because. I Are do you it one anyway. of those guys who does not allow anybody else to touch the stereo as well? 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm the I'm the DJ. I'm I'm the I am the captain of of the party party bus. <laughs> can I request that this is filmed so that it, I, can, I can put it into like my Easy A Mean Girls um, kind of film collection? Because you're making it sound like this is going to be gonna one be like Zoolander. Spring break. Woo! It's going to be like Zoolander when the models pull up at the petrol station with films. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm 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 going full Girls Gone Wild. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Oh, oh, God, I haven't even told you about the budgie smugglers in my kimono I'm going to be wearing by the pool. <laughs> that is that is well, a luke. You, you don't need to because you'll just put it on Instagram. <laughs> yes. Yes, I will. Are you taking Winona Ryder hat? Yes. Good. I look forward to seeing Winona Ryder hat return. So, when are you going? Uh, so, that's going to be what a um, pointless the, question. the second weekend of November. Just in case you do want to burgle Phil's house. <laughs> 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 Keith, what have you been up to this week? I've not been on any other radio other than this one. Uh, I've been perplexed during shopping expeditions, uh, and then I've been happily involved in some little filmmaking exercises over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, what was that little filming exercise over the weekend? Well, I, was just, I was just helping out some very nice friends that uh, needed some uh, help filming a short film. Yes, but I'm promoted to reveal, AD. Aren't you? Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to reveal any more about that until it's actually uh, well, the, out by, there. by the time this airs. It will be out there. Yeah, well, it's long out by the time this airs. <laughs> no, I, I, I'll, I'll leave that to be. Um, thinking. But it's a, it's a friend of the shows, and yeah, Ryan. Just keep, and, um, keep your eye on YouTube.com/slash/Jaws19Show. Yeah. Me and Ryan were kind of asked to be involved and then and Callan helped and then somebody else came along <laughs> didn't make enough cups of tea in my book no 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 no, no. at one point he was sat on the set eating biscuits and got me to make him a cup of tea uh, you offered no I didn't offer you it was a, it was <laughs> a, it was that <laughs> offer in like and then you were supposed to leap up and go oh it's okay I'll sort it out it was a nine and a half hour shoot I got two cups of tea out of that is not yeah, <laughs> I feel like that classes us like slavery right yeah yeah, I, I'm sure that like, there, there, there's some kind of you know union that you should be a part of where that's just like <laughs> not okay. Yeah. I mean, sag the four, fact four that... cups of tea per. I think that would have been about a reasonable amount, don't you think, Keith? I oh, know I don't drink tea anyway, so uh, you, but four coffees. Sling it with the tea. Um, yeah, well, it's got to be six or seven coffees really for yeah. that kind of activity. It's all good. Um, yeah, but it was it was it was, it was a fun day. It Bring an urn up... next time, huh? <laughs> Bring an urn next time. <laughs> I should have bought I realised though that I should have bought like a pen and paper because the amount of like orders is just ugh. commit them to memory it's quite can't do never it. worked in an office has I <laughs> nope never worked in an office but I was perplexed in a shopping expedition that's because grocery shopping in a supermarket is boring and pointless but I, I love that order online because that's worse because that just makes you lazy and you can't be bothered to go to the shop and buy your stuff properly. I thought but, that was a dig at me. No. <laughs> but what it is, is that I saw, and somebody's posted it on the group chat since, Pringles releasing Christmas dinner flavoured um, Pringles, but the flavour is Prosecco and pink peppercorn. What kind of Christmas no, no, dinner is that? You know what the biggest travesty on that packet is? Their tagline for their Christmas ones is Merry Pringles. Merry Christmas, mother guys. Yeah. Merry Christmas. It's in the name. Yes, but then it hasn't got the branding in the name. Like, how does it Merry Pringles work? It's it's it doesn't rhyme, but it's assonant. But you could go with Pringle merrily on high. To the Pringle, Pringle bells, bells. Pringle bells. That's a better one. Any anything. <laughs> Merry Pringles does not work. Yeah, and it's not really a seasonal snack because for me the only. Sp- Acceptable seasonal snacks like triglets in a tin. Cheese footballs. No, they're little cheesy Christmas trees they do. Which are very nice. 
No. Peanuts. Peanuts are always a seasonal snack. Yeah, Pe- you can get peanuts <laughs> any time of the year. Peanuts are an all-year-round snack. Yeah, but that, I mean, they're still, you can have them during the seasonal... I feel sad for anyone special who Christmas retreat. <laughs> special Christmas peanuts. Is that checking his stocking when he was a small child? Oh, I've got my pack of K-peanuts for the year. <laughs> you made it I mean, sound like he's rationing them out for the year. You know? <laughs> he probably One dry roasted for months. <laughs> I mean, I, I refuse to accept that Callan is actually old enough to have gone through a period in his life where he bought packets of peanuts in order to reveal a saucy picture of a lady behind the bar in his local pub. Wait, what? Double D peanuts. Oh, God, have you never... Be- never heard, used to never be heard thing. of this. That they used to have uh, peanuts on a cardboard uh, board behind the bar of a pub. And as you take the packets away, it revealed a um, saucy picture of perhaps a lady in some dungarees or a boiler suit. Wow. Or, or bikini usually, wasn't it? Was, was it a bikini top? Yeah. They changed to in the If you've the ever 90s. seen any of the Top of the Pops records, these released in the 1970s, they're a bit like that. Oh, that just sounds trashy. You're just trashy. Oh, I just felt like I needed to insult him then. Do you know I don't know why, but... He said something. Just, just knock him down. Just like, I don't know what he was talking about. Just, just kick him to the curb. I'm going to annoy a few people here, but it just seems like... Things like that from like the 90s and the 80s and like before that, they're just like trashy, like... It's called Can we kick him out now? growing up and maturing as a society. No, just because you've just dropped out of your mother doesn't mean you can start <laughs> no. insulting where where we how and what we grew up. You know, I mean, my generation did your generation lewd like don't... pictures of women I mean, in bars not watched... just to attract guys in there. Like, did you never watch like Life on Mars or Ashes to Ashes? As you go backwards in time, it does progressively get worse. That's no, kind of how more... it works. I, I did see part of Ashes to Ashes. I never saw Life on Mars. Do you know who made the song Ashes to Ashes? Hold on. Hold on. Give me a chance. I, I, I do actually know and this Life one. on Mars. Mm-hmm. Quite two they famous are the songs. Same David Bowie. No Ziggy Stardust. Yeah. <laughs> I think you'll find that's oh, insane. <laughs> who's that? Life on oh, Mars. My oh, my God. I'm joking. Who's I know that fin- one. Who's the Finn White Duke? Anyway, moving Finn on. Finn White Duke is another name but we went by for a while for another period of his career what was his wait movie who one? what was the movie one movie man one? who fell to earth yeah you use that one as well the man who fell to earth name yeah, but that's a horrible film <laughs> oh wait, wait was that what doctor who was referencing in the girl who fell to earth oh, are you, yes yeah. oh i didn't yes. know that <laughs> okay, like, about, about a year a couple of years ago when bowie bowie sadly passed on we recorded a bowie special go back and listen to that and you'll know everything you need to know about david bowie including riptorn's dingus which we weren't both expecting mm. <laughs> anyway guy what have you been up to this week well phil's already hit now on the head actually i've had a boring week to be honest with you so git. sorry about it um but first it was annoyed on saturday night but amused because, like, Laura just randomly tipped a glass of water on the sofa. I don't know how it fell out of her hand, but all of a sudden, like, it just spread across the sofa. My ass, my crack, my, my, my ass crack was soaked. I was just drenched in water. Why didn't it. you stand up? Well, I did stand up as soon as it felt like I wet myself, to be honest with you, Ryan. But it was just an initial shock of, I sat here, chilling out, watching Killing Eve, and then all, all of a sudden I've wet my pants somehow. Yeah, I don't remember. Are you sure you just happened. weren't scared no, a little bit? No, I, I genuinely felt like I'd wet myself, like, and I haven't done that since a child. It was a horrible feeling. So, yeah, I have had an interesting week. I got wet on by my girlfriend. I do like that as soon as you said, like, she just casually kind of knocked over a glass. It made me think of the gif of that cat that's just pushing <laughs> stuff <off the> table <laughs> <laughs> while staring its owner in the face. 
But I, I did have a memory this week. So um, <laughs> <laughs> just the one, just the one. <laughs> so I remember I bought uh, the tenth anniversary edition of Las Vegas's debut album. Bit cringe, but they're all right. Band, that's a good record. Song on that record called Stabbed, and it's the guy from Las Vegas just talking about how he's trying to get into it and trying to avoid a street fight, you know. And it's all done over Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. It's it's depressing as you'd expect from that band, but it, it, you know it's it's interesting. Anyway, I remember like ten years ago when this album first came out, I gave a guy at uni a copy of this album to listen to. Wasn't piracy? Wasn't piracy? Mm. Um, so I gave him a copy to listen to. Anyway, we we went round to his his room to he was getting ready for a night out, and he was like, oh, "I'll put some music on." So he was like, "Fine." Anyway, he hits bang on the space bar. Everything loads up on his computer. That song starts playing with its lovely Moonlight Sonata and Glass Vegas going, I'm going to get stabbed. That's my best Scottish accent. <laughs> Video loaded up on screen. Guy lying on a bed on his, stun- on a bed on his knees, whacking himself off in slow motion. Just watching it over that song was like the most <laughs> relaxing, but like weird experience. And it just really fit because of this song. Like, I'm going to get stabbed. And so this guy's just like, stood there like... Are yeah. you sure it this is like, sounds like a Tate Modern piece this time? Oh, yeah, honestly, it felt like that. It was genuinely like we couldn't take our eyes off it. It was kind of like this. Like, firstly, he was a little bit embarrassed, like, oh, I can't believe my porn loaded up on screen. <laughs> was like, no, but this is beautiful in a way. It's this kind of thing. <laughs> so I can't listen. Like, like, were, you like, were you there going, don't touch it? <laughs> Leave it till the end of the song. But this, this, like, Let's have this moment together. <laughs> this, this gloriously like depressing album you know, about social scenarios and stuff like that. Now it gets to that point, track A, and I just can never think of that song <laughs> the same way again because it just instantly into my head just comes that video and that <laughs> moment and just, uh, I don't know, they should have had it as a music video, really. It was, uh, yeah, it was beautiful. So, a memory this week. A poignant, a poignant time. <laughs> memory of uh, some slow motion fun. Good song, listen to it. What was the song? Stabbed by Glass Vegas. Wait, ha- gla- Glass Vegas. Oh my god. Glass Vegas. Oh my god. As in Glasgow, Vegas, Glass Vegas. Oh god, Vegas. that's so cringe. That's actually cringe. I was proud of buying that record. <laughs> Come on then, child. Have you got up to page 24 in your alphabet book yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually had a pretty good week in that I got to go up and st- on stage and perform on stage at the the oh god! O2 oh Institute. god! Institute, uh, a, a local kids' play. <laughs> Were you the rooster? <laughs> was, this, was this a rehearsal for the nativity? Do you no. want Can you say which band it was? I can say, it and the I don't know if the interview's out now, but if you go to YouTube.com/slash/scratch/tv, you can see potentially my interview with a London band called The Manor, who are a fantastic band. Um, feel like, feel nice like, you like you had to say that. <laughs> no, no, no. It was, it was fun. So, um, what did you perform on stage at the O2 Institute? Hang on, he looks like Kermit the Frog, so I'm guessing Rainbow <laughs> Connection. I'm what? thinking halfway up the stairs. <laughs> I, I, I used the word performed loosely. I sort of just sort of like I was like, you know, you get the hype man at the back that just sort of stands there oh, and no. like. Oh, no. God, <laughs> you, were, you, you were twitching like a corpse that had electricity shot through it at Some, the back of a stage. Somehow you managed to get on stage, you like flounced around for like a minute before like security whisked you off stage and took you out the venue and went, sorry, no kids allowed. What was the, what was the that dance group for Top of the Pops? Panty, Panty Paul. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to be fair though, that wasn't even the best part of the evening. Oh god, I, oh, up... god, I, no, I no, can't no, no. wait. I ended up in the wrong dressing room. Okay. Oh god. <laughs> 
After, <laughs> after. On purpose. No, 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 no. I was in there for like a good 15 minutes, swinging away at pizza and beer. Realised I was in the I wrong Stop. dressing room, just robbing stuff from the wrong dressing room completely. So you went into someone's dressing room who was performing that night, and you stole their pizza and their food. And the pizza you, and their food. You, you the ate their, their retainer. You <laughs> ate their stuff. Without uh, them knowing, and then join them on stage. No, different band, different band, different band. Realised it was the wrong band. You still stole someone's Which food. Which band was it? Do you want to? Give I don't. A public I, I, I don't know if I want to say who it was. Do you want to give a listen. public apology? I mean, to we this could band. Google who was playing. What was it? What was the name? The manner. Should we see? The manner. I can find out. It was some rock band because they were some actually pretty good. Band. Rock band. They were actually pretty some good. Some rock band who went on stage hungry and thirsty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, I'm gagging. I can't, I can't sing tonight because I quite nearly needed a drink, and there was none backstage for me. Like this guy even drank all the last bits of water that was there for us. It's like Goldilocks, Halandane sat there, <laughs> passed out on the sofa, like, shirt like open, his belly hanging out, and just sat there like, "Hi guys, I'm sorry about your food." I must say that whilst Phil's potential week coming up when he goes on holiday was, I wanted filmed because I wanted to watch it. Callan's week sounds like some terrible sitcom that happens on one of the ITVs numbered just, over five that yes. just get put out at 11 o'clock at night. I think we should just... Uni strap. days with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> it's not should... good enough to go on BBC Three, so here it is on ITV7. <laughs> I think we should just strap a GoPro to him and just watch his life back every oh, week. So basically, you've got an opportunity of a lifetime to represent the radio station and get some interview and you, frankly you embarrassed yourself I didn't embarrass myself I had a great time you ate another mm. band's food and then danced like a tit on stage I didn't I wouldn't say I danced like a tit on stage so I'll is, say it was, is, how did you dance on stage give us give us a reenactment right okay what you need to picture is no like, I want to see you do it I don't want to picture I want to see you right so there's three there's three like guys actually performing and then there is just like you 15 of us at the back so, so it was like pans people. Basically. So it, it's, it's essentially <laughs> there a dry ice machine. Oh, uh, well. choreographed dance sequence. No, it's essentially just like fifteen of us, just like jumping up and down, like Snapchatting, like. Was it oh like... god, I oh, feel god. like that was the most young thing that's ever been said, <laughs> said on this show. Like that was so young. We were all dancing up and down and playing with the Snapchat. Oh, and we had our jeans on backwards, like them old oh. days with crisscross. I had a I had a baseball cap on and a naf naf t shirt. Oh god, Callum. <laughs> then we started tagging the back of the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Then we went back and listened to some Britpop because it's so cool. <laughs> Jesus. Have you ever heard of this old band called Oasis? <laughs> <laughs> they were the original man. Did you say Danes represents on the stage at all at any point? I should have shouted out my Twitter actually. <laughs> oh, no, because it takes you six hours to get through it. Hang on, hang on, I've got it. D D A. There'd be just a sweep of letters. In the, that, why, that, that letter's in the alphabet I haven't got to yet. And did you did you feel like you were edging yourself closer to the mic to try and steal the singer's glory? No. Do you no. think you could have performed a rap? What would you have rapped? I don't know. Come on, give us the rap on the cuff. Yeah, I want to hear that. I, I, yeah, I, I can't, can't, like, rhyme. Like, well, if you're hanging around you with firms like the manor, Callan, you, you need to be spitting fire. Yeah? <laughs> mm-hmm. Come on, Callan, give us a rap. From a beat, Keith. <laughs> oh, what? oh, hold on. Some, someone else has got. Dum-ch, you got to get me in the mood for this. Someone else has to be able to like do a like freestyle or something. I'm giving you a beat here. Give me something. I can't give. I don't know. 
This is the best gig I've ever been to. <laughs> he just comes on stage and like everybody's just expecting silence, the rap, and then just I don't know. <laughs> I've searched YouTube for Callan Danes featuring the Manor, and it's got no results found. Uh, so that's that's not a good sign. Well, no, I don't. I don't think I'm going to be pursuing a music career. Unfortunately, well, I'm I think. really relieved by that. And um, and I think the rest of the world is relieved in that as well. I mean, like, haven't the Muppets released their fair share of the albums back in the day? So I don't need them anymore. So he doesn't have to share royalties if he releases the solo album. That's the difference. <laughs> It's like when Jerry Halliwell thought she was good enough to leave the Spice Girls. She <laughs> was good enough to leave the Spice Girls. She was the biggest selling female solo performer in the charts of the late 90s. I will not have this slander. Look this at whole, me, Phil. Look, look at, at me. Bag it up. Lift Bag me up. up. Michiko Latino. You know what? This whole metaphor of like, oh, Brexit, Brexit's like how like Jerry thought she was strong enough to leave the Spice Girls. It's like actually the Spice Girls were weakened as a unit when she left. <laughs> so that's like actually a pro-Brexit narrative when you're saying that Europe's going to be weakened by us leaving when that's not true. So I, you know what? Can we just not? Shall we just say Gary Barlow leaving? Take that then. Is that better for you? Do you, mean, Rob, you mean Robbie? Robbie? No, Rob, Gary did his own solo career, which went down the toilet, which is why he ended up on Heartbeat. Open road. <laughs> that got reissued on vinyl this year as like a 20th anniversary just like honestly who's gonna buy that like seriously like I've seen some bad reissues but Open Road by Gary Barlow my, my wow. sister was a massive Take That fan as a child so oh, that's pretty much all she listened to was Take That and Whitney Houston it was a very sad time for me because I, I was thin walls in the house that's all I ever had to listen to but the only memory I have of Gary Barlow of that period of time was she used to buy the VHS's you know like when the bands used to do like little backstage videos uh, and yeah, fun yeah. clips and it was the only memory I have of Gary Barlow is him making his mom's banoffee pie and I've heard that clip about 30 times <laughs> was that during the phase when he was a bit doughy yes yeah. and it was just like hello my name's Gary Barlow and I'm going to show you my mom's pie was this actually a recipe or was it just him dicking about in the kitchen a bit of both okay and how did you were they under the table VHSs these because they sound like the kind of thing that you're going to have to take no, away in a brown they were, paper bag I, I, I want to see Gary Barlow make a bunch of pie and then down, sit on it you'd go down to your you might have the most banoffee farts Keith, Keith you'd go down to your Woolworths or ah. our price and pick up these DVDs used for the roundabout the value of £12 this sounds like the kind of thing that I saw in various different shops while I was in Japan of just like you, you've got the pop groups and the idols and like each individual member has a separate DVD and it's just them doing things I think and it's, it's weird it's weird if you could market and release a DVD of yourself doing things what would you be doing what if you had to be like here's a here's a here's a DVD of me doing you'd X, just, X you'd just be going be? all around the world yeah he's just quite clearly the best seller <laughs> mine would be Sitting watching films and TV, uh, shouting at shouting at people, getting water spilled on me, and Keith would be an avant-garde piece where the camera would not ever have Keith in the shot; it'd just be on top of his head filming his daily life. Yeah, well, speaking of on Keith, the bus, well, no, Keith would just be ridiculous because we skyped you recently, and then you just you didn't appear on screen; you just had pictures of you just had like little action figures on screen the whole time, so it wouldn't even be you on it. But that was because I was. Stupid enough that I couldn't figure out how to turn the camera around to point at me. It's okay, Grandad. We forgive you. But that's like when we we had a group Skype video call uh, a while ago, and Keith.
Keith was joined on his little corner of the screen by some puppets. <laughs> and it was got like a little sort of Punch and Judy show. It was adorable. And we all know Callum's is already available on all four, which is the secret life of a four-year-old. <laughs> Before we move away from Callum's burgeoning music career, I have popped my uh, music producer hat on. And I do think we could make an absolute killing. Are you actually going to bring your Omnicord in? Yeah, because I reckon we could do a, an absolute stormer this Christmas. Novelty record. <laughs> Callan Danes covering Keith Harrison Orville's I Wish I Could Fly. Mm. With Guy? It would, I reckon... <laughs> Don't get me involved with this nonsense. You'd be Keith Harris and Callan would be Orville. I've got, I've got the, the videos already in my head. Who well, was the monkey? Uh, is that oh, I've got forgot the monkey smiles or something weird? Maybe it's best forgotten. Yeah, <laughs> but I reckon we he was an angry it. monkey. That would work. He was a cheeky monkey. But I reckon He's a cheeky monkey because yeah. we got we got enough time to get it out before Christmas. Wait, I reckon I, we should go for it. What is this song? Because I'm going to have to learn this song. <sighs> you don't have to learn the song, Callum. It's a... so anyway, Ryan. Yeah, how's your week been? I've had a nice few days away actually. Oh yes, it was. It was um, my fourth wedding anniversary. Congratulations! Oh, so, what is that one? Five's it's word. <laughs> linen, I think. Out linen. I think it's linen in the US, and I don't think there's a UK equivalent. They have weird ones for the UK. It's like four years is the same thing. But anyway, so I went to Ross on Wye, which is a lovely market town. Oh, lovely! And chilled around there. They went to Gloucester, had a burger. <laughs> I have, I have a, did yeah. you just like, drive to Gloucester have a burger and then drive home I'm not an American <laughs> no so we stopped in Hereford and we went to sorry I had a burger in Hereford and then the next day we went to Puzzlewood which is where the Weeping Angels episode that does not sound like a real place Puzzlewood sh- shut up and let me finish my tale child <laughs> I went to Puzzlewood which is where the Weeping Angels episodes of Doctor Who were filmed and Merlin Okay. okay, and then we went to Stroud, and I bought some nice vinyl. What? I sent you a picture of the record that I bought. Oh yeah, didn't that there was a very nice, odd record. I found this really nice little record store that does like lots of different, weird little records. They ha- they were playing some Japanese pop music, which is what drew me in when I heard <laughs> that. In my ear. I was oh. like, oh, this sounds curious. Yeah. And I was like, you know that image of like when um, was it? Who's the skunk? Pepe Le Pew, when he like gets a sausage smell and you see him like float oh, away. Yeah. That mate, was me. Not, with... It's not the smell of a sausage at Galileo Sim, it's fish, mate. What's a Pepe Le Pew? Pepe Le Pew. Pepe Le Pew. Pepe Le Pew. Callum, what do you know? Oh my god. That is god. my question. <laughs> It'd be a very thin pamphlet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Things Callan doesn't know. Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah. Things Callan knows. Callan, what do you think a Pepe Le Pew is? <laughs> well, it sounds like a puppet, but I'm honestly like, I'm guessing it's not. <laughs> You'd be correct in that assumption. <laughs> it's a vintage cartoon. Wait, Wait was, was it Pepper? Pepper, Pepper the Poo. Pepe Le Pew. Pepe Le Pew. Oh, like Pepe, like the meme. It's like the original version of oh, Pepe no, Pig. Not like the meme. <laughs> oh, Pepe is spelt in the French way. Yes. I don't think oh. that Pepe Le Pew is Oh, I actually know it. I've, yes, I've seen it. I didn't know the name of it. It's a skunk who falls in love with a cat and then tries to sleep with a cat quite a lot. Yes. 
the cat has always gone through some unfortunate misfortune that has resulted in her having a white stripe. Yes. Painted down her back. I feel like the cat is part of the Me Too movement. I was going to say, I was going to say, the cat has a story to tell. It was very awkward watching those cartoons in the wake of Me Too. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they'd be remade for this modern audience now. Anyway, so Puzzlewood was really cool. So it's really cool woods if you're in the Ross on Y area. Head down, have a good look. Forest of Dean, it's really pretty. And then Stroud was, yeah, loads of... It, it's, it felt like the Mosley of Gloucester. I th- you're looking at me for agreement. I wasn't there. You, your wife was there, not me. Because we speak a lot. We ain't married. <laughs> Vegan shops, vegetarian shops, loads of record places, quite a few charity shops, lots of hipsters hanging around. There was a farmer's market on while He's we were there. definitely trying to sell this to me, right? Because he keeps <laughs> looking at me. Sounds like the most Caucasian place on earth. I love it, it was, pretty much. <laughs> Queen of Paltrow just wafting from <laughs> the streets. This sounds quite bad, but me and Viv play a game called Spot the Ethnic Minority every time we go out of a metropolitan city in, in the UK. And some places it gets really hard really quickly. Yeah. Was Gary Barlow there making pies? No, he wasn't. But there was a place claiming to sell the world's best pastel donata. What? Oh. I, must, I must immediately flag up that I have absolutely no idea what that is. It hey, is a Portuguese tart, me. which is basically an egg custard but wow. posh. But with uh, flaky pastry, not yes. not the short crust, and they are mm. phenomenal. Mm. Yes, mm. but they they claim to be the UK's best pastel de nata. Say that again. Pastel de nata. Oh, that's so soothing. Callum, say that. Pastel de nata. Ew, no. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Instantly. Yeah. Sorry, Pepe Le Pew just entered the room. <laughs> All right, I just have to go take Phil outside to beat him up. <laughs> oh, oh my god! god. Oh, oh sweetheart! <laughs> you know that wow. episode of Friends where Phoebe, uh, where uh, Monica's boyfriend thinks he's a UFC fighter? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. I'm You'll fine. I just up. can't move my spine. I'm fine. <laughs> wow! You'll just get tangled up in his cardigan before he gets anywhere near. Nothing wrong with my cardigan. It'll be, like, it'll be Simpsons. It'll just windmilling, windmilling. That'll be his technique. <laughs> This is getting vicious, Ryan. Let's get some uh, weird news on the go. Shall we get some weird news on the go? Let's get Keith getting an eye. Don't come on, Keith. Get that out of your oh, mouth. God. I've, re- I've written lyrics for this now. I've not written them down. How do we do it? Oh yeah, weird news. Blah blah blah. blah, blah. Uh, weird news are made of clicks. Who am I to disagree? We travel the web and the message board. Everybody's desperate for clickbait. No copyright infringement intended. Starts off from kxxv.com. I thought you were going to say KFC then. (laughs) No. Apple changes bagel emoji after controversy on social media. What emoji? Bagel. bagel. Oh, bagel. From The Guardian. Chinese city plans to launch artificial moon to replace street lighting. Mm. From sky.com. Pepper the robot questioned by House of Commons Select Committee on AI. And Did Kate Burley write that story? Last one from spokesman.com. Missing donut truck attracts plenty of police attention. Missing <laughs> 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 that, I love that. That sounds like a daily mash headline or something. <laughs> like the onion. I love that. Yeah. Mm. I feel so sorry for the people who write the onion because now it must be so hard to find anything mm-hmm. that's not actually yeah. completely unbelievable. It's like McSweeney's and Reductress as well. It's yeah. like, no, no, this is just, mm-hmm. this is the world we live in now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about that guy who got released from being a hostage in Afghanistan after 10 years? And apparently, 
didn't believe it when he was told Donald Trump is now president of the United well, States. Who would? There, there's got to be a film in there somewhere, like someone who's just been in a coma since like 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shall we go with the donut story first then? Yes. Yeah. So from spoke the Spokesman Review is the full name. That's not a genuine paper, right? Apparently. Uh, written by Jonathan Glover, who is not the actor who played Lex Luthor's dad in Smallville. I double-checked. Different one. Keith as well. It's not Donald Glover's dad, is it? Oh, my God. No. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. No. Oh, my God. I think he's got away with us somewhere. He's got stupid. Huh? <laughs> did, did you get lost at sea at some point? <laughs> oh, no. Like, did you swallow a lot of salt water? <laughs> Right, Keith, if you don't believe Jonathan Glover is a real person, he's got a telephone number here to contact him. <laughs> he's a telephone number and email address. Can we okay. bring him up, get him on the show, talk about it? No. <laughs> Unless you want to pay the cost to make an American call, then be my guest. All I'm going to say um, is... <gasps> he's got a, he's What's got a, this? It's a telephone. <laughs> I think you'll probably be in bed by the time we're recording I this. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of tempted as anybody else. <laughs> Hi John, we're just reading your news story here I just wanted to have some thoughts Shall we read the news story first and then decide whether we need to call Jonathan Okay I want to call Jonathan I would like to call Jonathan How long does it take three Spokane police squad cars to find a missing donut truck? The answer is not long <laughs> the great donut oh, heist. Solved it. <laughs> the great donut heist of 2018 began Monday about 5 a.m. That, <laughs> <laughs> that makes it sound more important than it probably is. At Casual Friday Donuts, the popular donut destination at 3402 North Division Street on the corner of Division and Cortland Avenue. How many divisions were in that? <laughs> Lots. Amber Owens, who runs the shop with her husband, Joe Owens. This is like, why did you have to give us the surname twice then? I think we might have worked out the same one. Said a worker had left a mid-70s black Dodge van running in the store's parking lot for about five minutes whilst it was warming up. But when he returned, no van, only empty space and debris. They all Crumbs. <laughs> they all came out and looked around to see if they could see it, Owen said. They immediately suspected theft. <laughs> Yeah, it just drove off by itself. <laughs> it's, it's became self-aware, this donut. <laughs> I've read Christine. That's where I'd have gone yeah. straight away. <laughs> so they called 911, and within minutes, three squad cars were on the scene. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> was, was, it, was, it, was it police Wiggum and his... Uh, <laughs> Chief Wiggum and his friends? Subject is hatless. Say, yeah. Repeat, hatless. <laughs> Hitchcock and Scully from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I heard the headline, I was like, oh, they sent the entire force. And then as soon as you said that, I was like, I was, I was joking in my head. <laughs> Luckily, the officers didn't need to look far. Just south and down the hill across Cortland Avenue and bouncing on a short retaining wall at the Asian World Food Market was the truck. Nobody was injured. When somebody what about the donuts? <laughs> were they okay? When somebody steals a donut truck, you know we're going to be all over it, joked Officer John ah! O'Brien. <laughs> Spokesman for the Spokane Police Force. We put out an all-points bulletin on that. But as it turns out, the van wasn't likely wasn't stolen. It looked like the van had rolled from its spot, O'Brien said. From what we saw, nothing indicates it was stolen. Owens doesn't buy it. She said the worker had parked it in such a way that if it did roll, it would have gone west, not south, straight into northbound division traffic. I'm sorry, do American vehicles not have handbrakes? They have what they call the e-brake, the emergency brake, which is our handbrake. But they don't usually put it on because America's roads are flat, usually. 
I love the fact that they they went out at an emergency disco. So like someone's ringing up, like, oh yeah, like my husband's just been murdered. Yeah, I know, but there's there's donuts that've gone missing. So like that's <laughs> gonna happen. Right? I'm afraid. Can I ask? Can I ask a question? Because it hasn't been established we, in this you story. No, we can call. Yeah, it hasn't been established. We we need to finish the story off first. There is a donut thief in the area who's been behind a string of thefts at the store's dumpster, which is fenced and locked up. Oh, who, who is it, lad, lad? At, le- puffed, at, like. le- <laughs> at least once a month, Owen said someone breaks the lock and fishes the donuts out of the bin. The culprit will then arrange them oh. on top of the lid like a police oh. lineup, picking out a favourite assortment before leaving the least favourites behind. <laughs> kind of a strange person who targets our business, I think she said. <laughs> they take what they want and then leave. I mean... <laughs> I, I would just say, well, sure, there's probably just like a hungry homeless person who would like. Yeah, yeah. Lives and why nearby. shouldn't he be selective about what kind of donuts he has? I was thinking it was a fat man. <laughs> but Owen suspect the same person who stole the product stole stole the van because it's a manual transmission and hard to operate. She believes they took it for a joyride around the block and abandoned it at the short wall when things didn't go as planned. I'm sorry, how dumb are Americans if a manual car is hard? A manual van most, even is hard to operate. Most cars in America are automatics. Yeah, I know, but like it's yeah. kind. It's what you learn to drive in Canada. If you only mm. learn to drive in an automatic, you it don't. Drive, yeah, yeah, you can't drive a manual. There's two different types of license. When you get your out your little Chico car, Chico time car with the yellow roof yeah. into a vehicle. Here's an amazing idea. If you go and learn to drive a regular car with a gear stick, then you can drive an automatic, funny enough, also. They don't have manual transmissions very much in America. Wow, you guys just become the new presenters of Top Gear, Bonnie. Yes. <laughs> I think we do a better job than the ones that have just been announced. Oh, well, you haven't thrown <laughs> any punches in the last, you know, five minutes, so congratulations. Yeah, we're doing well. Um, Wait, who else threw a punch? Oh my, oh, oh my oh, God! Oh. <laughs> Let, getting back to the story, though, because I'm... <laughs> I'm leaving. Yeah. I'm leaving. I'm at a loss. Oh, and he's actually gone. Has this story, did this story establish that the van had actually got donuts in it? Because as far as I can see at this moment, based on what you've told me, it's not been a, they went out and turned it on to get it running. There's no mention of donuts being inside the van. There's no mention other than the van being taken or driving off by itself of any donuts being taken from the van. So at the moment, there's no donut thievery been committed. There has been Grand Theft Auto, but no donut thievery. Maybe, maybe it was a spooky ghost who has a penchant for donuts. Who would like to call M. Night Shyamalan to find out? I yeah. certainly would. M. Night Shyamalan's latest next movie that is The Great Donut Heist of 2018. But that's like saying somebody robbed a bank that's been closed for 20 years well, like and there's four nothing kids, in it. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> do you want to ring the number, Callum? I can do. It's double O for the States. Uh, I came back. Do you have to one for one it? Obviously, if this is now what we're doing, prank. <laughs> if what are we going to ask him? Were there actually any donuts oh, in okay, the van? Okay, okay. World of Callan sounds like the worst theme park ever. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> right, okay, let's start again. All the staff wear polo shirts. <laughs> Hot dogs on them. Go in. And cardigans. Do you know, as it starts, this is a Dave Bowie, isn't it? <laughs> amazing. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be unlicensed characters like Pepper the Pooh. <laughs> meet Pepe the Pooh. I feel so personally like attacked right Pepper now. Pepper the Pig meets Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. 
Are they glazed ham? Is that, the, is that the tagline? World of ca- World Callan. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely didn't know that. <laughs> Admission five pounds. <laughs> Why five pounds? Well, after that, like nice little distraction, and Callan's naughty swear. Um, so we're not calling this man then, right? No. No. Nah. I mean, what would he have said though? Probably, I mean, maybe, he probably would have said. He probably said, "I don't know. I wasn't there." He'd probably say, "Naff off." I wrote that story a week and a half ago, and I can't remember. <laughs> I have more Spokane news to report on. I think it'd be a bit weird if we just called him up out of the blue, like, "Hey, we have a podcast. Can you yeah, just talk I think to it'd us?" Be, it'd be a bit weird if he got a call like really early in the morning from Kermit the Frog asking me about donuts in a van. To be honest, with you. <laughs> he'd probably get a better response if I was just like, "All right, mate. Yeah, I just wanted to talk to you about the donut story." Well, it's, it's probably only going to be about. 10, 11 o'clock um, yeah. where they are at the moment. Where's so. Spokane? Is it East Which or West part Coast? of America is he in? Because obviously it's it in Washington State. Should we send him an email? Hours. We could email him. Yeah, let's email him. Well, no, send him a text. <laughs> oh, wait, don't send him a text. Text to house food. Drop him an email and uh, ask him. We might get a response. It's That's only 2.15 in the afternoon. You'll still be I'll, at work. I'll email him after the show. No, do it now because we might get a response for on the show. We're just curious about what, what happened to the donuts. Were there actually any donuts in the van? He's probably so, just come back they? from lunch. He'll be fine. Tell him if he wants to be on air as well. He can be on air. Because we've established in that story that, that they thought it was the same person that went through the bins. And they've established in that story that that person didn't eat all of the donuts. They took what they left, liked and left the rest. So does that mean in the thieved van, they took the donuts they liked and left some others? So were there some donuts left and some taken, thereby establishing the identity of the thief do, as do the same person? Do you want to write the email, Keith? I'm just curious. Yeah, let Keith write the email. <laughs> I'm going to let Keith write the email. I'll, you, you can use the geekybrummy.gmail.com address. Okay. If you do want to email the show, you? just then. Subject. What is the geekybrummy email address? It's geekybrummy at gmail.com. What, what, what was it in? It's in the New Statesman. Was it the New Statesman? Something like that. What the hell? Uh, new Spokesman. New Spokesman. Right, so what, should we get on with some actual show content like we're meant to do? You know, yes. Like how we used we'll to do We'll catch up with Keith later. Yeah, well, Keith writes his email. We'll get on with some actual well, show content. We could carry on with weird news, but unfortunately, Keith has my phone, which has the weird news on. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of weeks ago, we didn't let Callan have his white rubbish because we thought it was a stupid pick, which was he wants everything to be binge-watching. But we thought we'd let him explain his side of the story. Ugh. So, in defence of binge-watching, it's mostly down to the fact that whilst it's not as good an artistic experience, is that the availability of content in fitting around your life in the whilst we associate binge watching with being able to watch everything all at once in one go it's actually more than that in that you can watch it in like in blocks where it's available and where you're free to watch it does anybody so, notice the way he's moving his hands as he's speaking he's saying it like a spoken word poet <laughs> <laughs> so I'm you're Callum, I'm a street poet you're defending more on demand viewing than binge yeah. watching necessarily yeah. Yeah, that's I, what I mean. It's, okay. it's it's greater choice for you as to when you watch it, and it's greater flexibility. Obviously, you have the problem of that. But you always get them, the people that would be like, spoiler, right away, as soon as they've finished it. There we is, all know one yeah, of those people. There's, there's, As long as you sort of adhere to the etiquette around it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I'd be inclined to agree with you just because I can't remember the last time I actually sat down and watched a TV show as it was airing there and then. I Doctor Who? I thought that Phil was going to say something. See, the last time he agreed with Callan. <laughs> <laughs> but, well. <laughs> right, so perfect example, which I do know you're watching, is Doctor Who. Yes. Um, so I was away when, it did, when the, uh, the new season started and they had the global simulcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been watching that basically catching up sort of the day after it's been airing for the last couple of weeks um, and it's it's one of those things where I want to watch it as close to the time as possible just because it's such a discussion point at the moment but do you find you have that little bit of frisson excitement in your life when you know that a new episode's coming up and you're, you're quite joyful, you're happy that a new thing is coming up that you can watch yeah, um, another example is um, The Good Place where there is a new episode on Netflix every Friday and because that's one of my favourite things at the moment, it's lovely to know that I that's my sort of Friday treat you know, that's a way of starting the weekend and it's a, it's kind of like, a, yeah, having that in your routine yeah, but not at the same time every Friday, it's just whenever I want it to be on a Friday, um yeah, so yeah, I, I can I can understand the the appeal of having sort of you know one little thing to look forward to each week. I am on the side of that completely. As a person with a full time job, I don't have time to binge, and I like to have things to look forward to. So at the moment, I'm watching The Juice, Sky Atlantic, Tuesday. What I I don't know, but yeah, you should know because it's great. Um, um, I'm a poor student who can't afford Sky, so um, check your privilege again. <laughs> <laughs> Can we turn his mic off? Um, Unfortunately, any... he's pushing the buttons. <laughs> yeah, he is pushing the buttons. Um, yeah, so I prefer like having that thing on Tuesday nights, ten o'clock, sitting down, watching it. You know, having that time, that space to watch it, and, mm. and not thinking, "Oh, I've got to try and get through these as quickly as possible." It's just that that always been that old format of just once a week you have that night. You know, you're going to watch it, and you've got like nine, nine, ten weeks of something to look forward to and then you find the next thing for the next few weeks to watch after that and there's that consistent cycle of something that you've got to look forward to as opposed to watching it all really quickly like if I'd watched all nine episodes of this in the course of a week I'd be really disappointed I'd have to wait like a real long period for another one whereas if it's nine, nine episodes that's like three months of television to get through so it's only nine months of the next series then it's not as long a wait so would you, would you guys say that there is a that these shows in themselves have any sort of effect on how you choose to consume them like that. Like, for example, like a show like Doctor Who, obviously not this season because it's become such a talking point, but during some of the Peter Capaldi era where it wasn't as popular, I would save up a few weeks of episodes and then just watch them back to back like that. I think Doctor Who's a different beast though because it's part of a Saturday and Sunday night entertainment lineup yeah. so it's with your strictlys it's with your characters, I don't watch strictly but that's the point it's like it's part of that kind of light big big mm. tv lineup sort of thing so it fits family viewing yeah yeah it fits as part of that so to binge watch like five episodes of doctor who i wouldn't like it i'd like having that event of watching that episode amongst this sort of event television I mean, i'm re-watching doctor who at the minute on netflix and nowhere is it having the same impact as it used to do when you watched it on a weekly basis. When you chain two to three episodes, your attention span does start to go after a couple of episodes. And I've, I've noticed this, and you do kind of fade out. I think Even Dr. though you're watching it, you start to fade out, and it's a natural thing, and you get distracted, you look at your phone. 
laptop, something else, and you do that with any kind of viewing where well, you go over a couple couple of hours in a binge watching session, you lose interest pretty quickly. Well, Keith said before with Doctor Who that it's like when we talked about Jodie Whittaker Stein that it, it it's like a you know you could get a bad episode, you get a good episode, you throw it away the next week, you've got something else. So it's like if you have a bad week with it, all right, fine, you move on, you you get the next one next week. Whereas if your next week's disappointing, it's the same thing. Whereas you watch two disappointing back to ones back to back, you still feel the vibe of it, or you just say, okay, it wasn't that great this week. Look forward to next week's instead. Mm. And I prefer that format of mm. like rubbish week this week, probably better next week. And Doctor Who is such a different show week to week. You know, it sort of blends mm. genre and style within each hour that you kind of it's it would be jarring to go from one to the other. Mm. Yeah, I think I think there's, a, there's two different, distinctly different things here because I think when Callum was first thinking about this, he was he was a bit concerned about the weekly scheduling of programs yeah. and the fact that he couldn't have them all in one go to yeah. choose to watch in whatever method yeah. he wanted. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't understand binging in any shape at all because. The most I would ever binge is the equivalent viewing time of a feature film. So I might do three episodes of a comedy in a stretch because they're half an hour, or I'll do two episodes of a drama. But I think you need time to take in what you've watched. But also I like to vary my diet. So it's like I'll go, I'll do a bit of Doctor Who, do a bit of Good Place, do a bit of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, do a bit of Legion, do a bit of... So I like to vary what I'm watching and, and, and not have everything all in one go. See, I find that really interesting because when I like to view content, I like to view content that is the... <laughs> Stop mocking me. Yeah, that is the... Pinocchio's <laughs> is pulling me strings right now. That is quite similar in type and feel. So, like, I like to binge heart and binge like watch a lot of coming this Christmas binge hard no but like I like to watch I like to watch all light hearted stuff together or if I'm in a more serious or I fancy something more artistic I like group that together in that I won't think about TV I think I can know where Callum is from on this because you I don't think any of us know from with Callum's age <laughs> he wasn't. He, you're not from the VHS era for a no. start. Off. No, so no, no. everything was on DVD or Blu-ray, which means the box set was available, and that's what kicked all this off with binge watching. Is mm-hmm. the box set you'd go into H- episodes H- of Friends on a VHS? Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm saying you go into HMV, and there'd be the DVD box set of the season, or the DVD box set of the entire show, or the Blu-ray box set. Whereas when it was on VHS, the maximum you could really stretch a tape out was about two to three episodes, mm-hmm. and then it'd be swap tape, which then mm-hmm. you'd automatically have a natural break. Whereas on a DVD, you'd have 10 to 15 episodes sometimes squished onto a single disc and that's where I think binge watching started and people would not watch shows on TV to get the box set at the end because then they could just binge watch it and streaming has made that a lot more easy and a lot more accessible for people to do that and I think for your generation where you haven't been restricted to watching five TV channels and waiting for that weekly show to come Mm -hmm. up and then waiting six months after the weekly show's finished for the VHS box set to come out in single parts where you'd have to build it over a couple of months with release times I think mm. that's the cultural distance that you're getting here. But I think, I think you're losing a huge amount of the significance of what it is you're watching. Because what I want to cycle back to a little bit, and I'd be interested to see what Phil's take is on this is, is the language and the use of the words that describe it. Because in any other context, binge would not be a good thing. Mm. So mm. Why, is, why is it binge watching seems to be like, yeah, it's cool, everybody binge watch, it's really good for you. Because you can watch everything at once. 
why why that use of that particular phrase that why why does that become Go outside, ride a bike the, instead. the colloquialism <laughs> for it's you binge watch something and if I you say you binge anything else people would say that's ah, not good for you it's okay once in a while but I think not as a regular shorter thing. form shows like stranger things kind of work in a binge watch session because they, they you can treat it like a marathon movie session it's mm. like watching the trilogy of lord of the rings films you can watch those in one go yeah, as one that's long kind piece. of like with me i watched um the castlevania series all yeah. in one go and that, that works that's fine but that was basically like a movie that had just been chopped up into yeah. smaller episodes so. but as soon yeah. as you get to a show like westworld or game of thrones where it's mm-hmm. 12 to 15 hours you can't Street, mm-hmm. get away with binge watching that in one room. But I, I think that like the less ep- the less episodes a series has, if you, it says Brooklyn Nine Nine, okay, there's 22 episodes a season. So like Keith's got the right idea. Watch three a night. You wait for the box set. You get through it pretty quickly over a course of a week or so, and then you know it's going to come quickly when there's another new series. But then when it's something big like Westworld or like Game of Thrones, you know something which is event television, you have something huge. You want to wait weekly for it because you don't get these things that often. Like your big HBO shows, you know the shows where you're only getting ten episodes a season. You want to pace it out. You want you, you don't want to rush it all in one go because you know you're not going to get it for a while again. I do think it definitely takes away the emotional the emotional impact, but that I would say that that's to the benefit if you're watching. Like I like to watch a lot of like trash. Thanks for admitting that on air, <laughs> Funny enough, I don't have the best taste, so like, <laughs> so when I want to watch like trash, like for example, like we uh, like Power Rangers, for example, or like the only ways S six. No, or like some not all Japanese stuff, but like a lot of like the um, what are they called Super Sentai, Super Sentai, and no, the giant monsters. Um, kaiju movies yeah like kaiju movies that sort of thing is amazing to binge because there is no emotional impact and Mm. when you squidge it together to become like that it becomes more of a like excitement driven thing rather than like oh okay this is so a technical term squidge it together (laughs) I think binge watching is an excuse for background watching nowadays Mm. I don't think it's ever a case that you'll watch it and you'll put your full attention on something for such a long period of time. It's just background. Yeah, I think you've been asked to commit to like an hour a week when you watch yeah. on a weekly basis, or half an hour a week, and like that's fine because you can sustain that interest. But if you keep watching over and over and over, like you just start to lose interest after a while. Like I can only probably watch about two episodes at once. What's also really interesting is when you've got content that's being created for a binging format so net, like Netflix yeah. original series yeah. um, every review you read of a new Netflix original series there is always talk of the Netflix bloat where in, if it's been given sort of between 10 and 15 episodes let's say yeah. there is at least one or two episodes in there that kind of doesn't need to be there that it's you know they've sort of stretched the story out a bit too far it's got a bit dull and, and it's like well if, you, if you're being given the format any format you want like just produce a shorter series it doesn't need to be 15 hours long and this is why British TV is usually superior to American TV even if it's got a smaller budget because they're restricted to usually a 6 to 8 week run regardless of what show it is it's a 6 to 8 week run where you'll get a US series which is designed to run for 6 months on TV Mm because it'll be 24 22 episodes for your holiday specials and I think the UK version of having a shorter run but better content. But I think again, that's that's the, that that format thing is a twenty-six episode run of of stuff. So say take something like Star Trek or or um, Deep Space Nine or whatever. It yeah. is, would run a season of twenty-four to twenty-six episodes on a weekly schedule. Yeah, you would have a duffer every yeah. so often. 
but the you'd have peaks and you'd always have. But you kind of because you've got that weak gap, you go. Yeah, I enjoyed Star Trek last week. Oh, this week's one was really good. The next week, that's good. Uh, but yeah. next week, so I think having space in, like Phil says, I think when it's network television and you've got bigger episodes, but the Netflix thing, when it's designed to binge, there, there is no excuse to have. Rubbish. Filler, yeah. yeah. It should be just all story. There's no excuse for a bottle episode, which yeah. every US series has to have at least one bottle episode every season, regardless. Mm-hmm. Although a lot of the time, those kind of constraints actually create and lead to a good episode. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, it's um, it's it's, I mean, a, it's a miss rather than a hit. I think most bottle I th- episodes. I think we're getting into a different topic there with bottle episodes because the whole idea of that if you have a dud episode, then the next episode by comparison is automatically better. Mm. So intentionally making a dud episode if you have a big surprise in the next one to make that then seem better than it actually was Chicote's vision quest <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anybody goes deliberately to make a dud episode yeah. in terms of things mm-hmm. but I, I, I think it's just my mindset is I can't do I, can't, I just can't do it I just can't mentally or, or physically do a, a binge it just doesn't work for me it's the same as why I couldn't read a book in one sitting you know, comics I can do in one sitting because they're just they're twenty two pages. It's really easy, but I still wouldn't. Even if I bought a graphic novel of six comics together, I wouldn't read them all in one go. I would read mm-hmm. a couple of issues, then overnight, and mm. then read a couple more. But the day's catching up with you, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I'm, I'm busy. It's not. It's not. My, it's not the age. It's just the fact that there is. I mean, we've, we've covered this before. There's so much content. There's so much content you've and got to. It, you need to break it down. Is it? taking time to appreciate content and I think that's a good point to leave it we might cover bottle episodes in a future episode I think can we just still say that Callum's wrong though if you want <laughs> let's just leave it to that yes I think tweet us in let us know mm-hmm. new feature time Guy you've come up with this one no it's not very like original is it it's just it's, uh, it's whatever happened to so yeah, pick that original feature pick a director actor musician somebody who's disappeared off the face of the Richie earth Richie Edwards yeah, and what, what's what's happened to them? What, what, why did their career take a downfall? Something like that. So, first person you have picked for this guy is... I went with Richard Kelly. So, I rewatched Southland Tales the other day. And I will put it out there. Controversial, probably in the geek community. That is one of my all-time favourite films. I think it's a masterpiece. I thought it was a good film too, and I thought I was wrong. I was like, "It's I, I just I, it's, it's I an, enjoyed it. It's an incredible piece of work that has been so unfairly judged over time and swept under the carpet and destroyed what could have been a really promising career for Richard Kelly because people just didn't understand what the piece of work was and because of a reputation it got because of some booze at a stupid film festival. How it's, it's, it's just a... Sh- it's a shame that it killed his career because I actually would have liked to have seen where he would have gone following on from this film. So this was his follow-up to one of the biggest films of the early 2000s, which was Donnie Darko, which did turn into a bit of a cultural phenomenon well, at the time. it was hated at first. People hated yeah. it at first. And it had the same reputation at the festivals. It got booed, people didn't like it. But then all of a sudden it became this like, word-of-mouth thing and it was massive, yeah. it was huge. Yeah, I don't understand why with Southland Tales it never happened for that. I think Donnie Darko was one of the first examples where the internet took hold of a movie and promoted it and pushed it. A bit like the Blair Witch, there was like that similar time frame where it became more of an internet celebration yeah, rather like than an a article crit- or something around it towards the beginning of it. Yeah, like when it came out. Yeah, but it was just a kind of internet pushed it into the mainstream rather than the critics. I think. I think. I think with Southland Tales, there's some definite second album bloat with it. It's it's flabby in places, and 
there there is that let's see let's, let's take everything under the sun and push it into my film um there I mean, was that element to it there was an odd casting for a start i mean the casting is genius because i mean it was the rock in one of his sort of it was the first film rocks. where he actually didn't have the rock in the middle yeah, of his name it, it was, was just genuine. dwayne johnson and he's great because he, he he's just playing a guy who's quite clearly schizophrenic in it and losing his mind sean william scott playing twins oh, a police officer wasn't he yeah is the main one of the two and so much gala playing porn star so the three main oh. cast justin timberlake justin timberlake <laughs> but this is where the cast gets with so you justin timberlake's in it uh miranda richardson's in it and then there's like a whole array of saturday night live random cast members even barksdale from the wire like it's it's like an obscure collection john lovitz from the wedding singer it's like people who you wouldn't expect to be in a film about politics society apocalypse and as well like it's that film where you have to try and you have to try and explain to people i was i was talking to laura about it, my girlfriend and saying trying to explain to her what it was about and i just couldn't couldn't get it out properly what i wanted to say about it because there's just no way of explaining what goes on that film and i don't no. fully understand that film but i do and i don't because there's so much in it this wasn't his last film because the second follow-up film which was the box with cameron diaz which was based on a twilight zone episode it was based on button button by richard matheson yes which is basically you get a box delivered to your house and the choice is if you press the button on the top you get a million dollars but somebody else in the world dies but that's not what I would want him to make after Southland. But that was his last film yeah, after Southland, yeah. and, and both of those films are quite poorly scored on Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic. I think they're both around the forty forty five mark from Metacritic. Yeah, about forty five. But it's it's weird because what you've got with Richard Kelly is Donnie Darko built up a reputation, and people talked about it in ways I don't think reflected what it was. No, and Southland is a is a good film. Because directorially, it's it's an avant-garde content. movie. It's it's a it's performance an piece. movie yeah. for me. What Richard Kelly was moving into was the the same kind of sphere as your David Lynch's and your Jim Jarmusch's, where the films are esoteric and weird and a bit mm-hmm. odd, but interesting. And you like the characters and yeah. the things that are going on within the film. You might not be able to take it all in and understand exactly what's going on, you know. But I think they they were good films, and I think the box is, was a studio attempt. To just kind of, I think that was, you know, like you'll have you, you, quite a lot of directors do it. Well, they'll have their own passion project, and then they'll flip over to a studio money maker, and they'll flip in between that for most of their career, which is the studio money maker pays for them to be able to go away and do their passion project. Whereas I don't think, because the box didn't do at all well commercially or critically, and also it was still. A weird, weird take on a fairly simplistic Twilight Zone yeah. premise. Frank Langella is yeah. the, the the guy that gives them the box in the beginning yeah. of that film, which is great casting. Yeah, in terms brilliant of that casting as well. But I think it was probably not the pick if you're trying to bring him back into a studio I, controlled movie. I feel like the the reputation Southland Tales got has destroyed him so much that I feel like he's maybe fearful of making another film. Like he will never be able to make another film as ambitious and bold as that. Can I just say my favourite moment from that film? And I want it as a gift because I feel like it really sums up who I've become as a person. It's Sarah Michelle Gellar staring into space, drinking from a can of energy drink that has her own face on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think, though, like, the film... Like, I think it was out of time, out of place. Because I think looking at it now, after re-watching it, it's more relevant than it ever has been with, like, 
sort of the break the break the racism involved in the film, you know, sort of racist cops rights on the streets, you know, people fighting, uh reality stars getting involved with things they shouldn't, so uh so much of Gallup's character getting involved with politics. The Rock is a film star in it who's involved political and you know, it's so relevant to everything that's going on at the moment with politics with Trump and stuff like that. But I feel like if it had been released now, people would be like, Yeah, this is a really biting satire in America whereas like ten years ago people were like this is just a mess and I don't understand what it is. Mm. Do you not feel that it has become a cult film? I think it course. still sits in a very similar place to Donnie Darko because I think it's Donnie Darko is something that you would, if you mentioned to, to people now, they'd go, "I'm aware of it," but don't doesn't think, somehow hold the same kind of thing that he did I, at the time. I think with Donnie Darko, that was just the platform to launch Jake Gyllenhaal's career, and everything else attached to that film seems to have just swept by the wayside. Over no, the last it's still few years. a good film. It's, I, still, it's still, still a good film. Time. I don't think it's a good film. I think it was one of those cases of it had the very kind of compelling male lead you know and yeah that was like his springboard film and then it had the gary jewel song that was everywhere that entire winter but i think i think it's a strong debut but i think he met he got he bettered it with southland tales and i think that i think when you say is it a cult film no not yet because i think people are still scared of it i have heard they're going to release an arrow video blue blue ray version of it which i think there's a can cut of the film which is extending expands on Mm. some of the the plot points but i think that like I don't think it's had its time, and I don't think it helps that there's like a prequel comic saga, which you do kind of need to read to really understand yeah. the film. I mean, S. Darko was a completely, utterly pointless movie. They had, he had nothing yeah. to do with it, that. Uh, all he had was the characters, and it was the studio trying to cash in on that wave of Donnie Darko. A Darko cinematic universe, no one yeah. wanted that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. nobody <laughs> needed that. Because I, th- I think I was kind of right in a, in a sense that, that Southland Tales is actually a better film than Donnie Darko as a rewatch because once when you've watched Darko once it's kind of like okay the the mystery of what's happening yeah. is stripped away yeah so it, you know it kind of becomes a bit mm, okay I know this but Southland's actually got yeah. there's quite a few it's very multi-tiered and multi-layered narrative in that I mean he did move into production at the end of his film career I mean he did the last... <laughs> I thought he said it's the end mate he's only yeah. 40 or something well, he's still got a chance to come back <laughs> he produced World's Greatest Dad Hope They Serve Beer in Hell and Operation Endgame I mean I mean it's not World's it's not... Greatest Dad is the only one I really know out of the three which is the Robin Williams movie where Basically, he romanticizes his sudden suicide, right? And it's kind of you can imagine him being working with that film, but the other two, again, complete flops. I think he he seems to be a director that never fitted working with a big studio. He would have been better off. I feel like people just as an indie indie director. I feel people piled the money at Southland Tales, even though they didn't get what it was because of Donnie Darker. They were like, oh yeah, yeah, no, we've seen that film. We like that. I mean, we like you. He have some money to make this this bizarre. Well, he sent, he sent a rough a cut to Cannes to say, basically, can we screen it there? So this is where the Cannes hate came from. He basically did sent a rough cut to Cannes. They said yes, and we'll put it in for the Palm Door. And then when it got to Cannes, he re-edited it, done a very other alternate rough cut. And it wasn't what anybody had watched the previous cut had seen, and the audience hated it. And because it was up for Palm Door nomination, I think that's probably the killer moment of it when I it think just. So. I every- mean, so that's yeah. not his fault though. That's just like the Hollywood hype machine. That's yeah. what killed the film. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been mean, wrapping it up. I, I can't justify how much I love this film. I've watched it numerous times. I, I struggle to understand it at times, but I just love. I just love everything about it. It's just. I love that my head is completely confused by the end of it. And I would have liked to have seen what he did next. And I would right. love him to have a comeback. On a list of confusion from one to Primer, where would you say Southland tells I haven't seen Primer, so... 
recommended it if you do like head screw movies. Okay, I, I'd say it's it's, an, it's a good eight nine because you have to you have to kind of read the comic books to fully understand it. But even when you read the comic books, you don't fully understand it. It's just, it's just, a, just a, it's just about it's about a porn star and a film script right. and uh, so two brothers. That's what I'd say it's about. All right, to finish this off, then, yes or no? Do you think he deserves a second shot? Yes. Keith. Yeah. Lee. I would say so, but that's based just on seeing Donnie Darko. So. Yeah. <laughs> Phil. Absolutely. Callan's seen none of them probably. Callan was born when Donnie, Donnie Darko, Darko came out. I don't even know what happened to Donnie think, Darko. Yeah, I think he deserves a second shot. So, Richard, if you're listening, come on, if man, he wants to make come, another film. If he wants to come and work with us, like I'm sure we can put together a great film. <laughs> I mean, uh, your just your life story would be enough <laughs> auteurish weirdness. I mean, to fill in. going back to the, the previous feature, the, him taking on an episode or a Netflix feature would be a good way of getting yeah. him back into the public eye and I think a Netflix original because some yeah. of those have been trash but some of those if he did a Black fall. Mirror episode no that's Charlie Brooker's thing I think mm-hmm. time to get a gripe on it's why it's rubbish to start us off Phil Netflix cancelling the only Marvel shows featuring people of colour ooh <laughs> that's, that's a strong opinion there do you want to explain a little bit more? No. Just that's that. That's all. So Luke Cage and... And Iron Fist. Oh, okay. It's fair. Yes. I mean, they were very badly rated, but not a great look. I think it's more they're getting ready to move jump ships to Disney Street. Well, yeah. But yeah. I see what Phil means, though, that it is a yes. bad look, it's, even yes. if it's not meant that yeah. way. Yeah. The optics are bad for that. Yes. Mm. Keith? Can I have the same as Phil? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I can't think of two, anything else. At the two moment. votes for Iron Fist. Yeah, I think I think Luke I think Cage. that is a is a is a big one. Guy, uh, local music. Does it suck when you're when uh, local, <laughs> lo- local areas like there's just nothing good going on in the local area musically, and uh, you kind of have to endure it. Um, no, I've never been a fan of local music. I really I can't support music from the towns that I live in. I really I struggle to think of what scene. Uh, Birmingham, the West Midlands has ever really produced. I honestly, like, I, I think of some of the artists that come out, like John Bonham, Led Zeppelin, like like Don, dodgy Nigel Clark. I just local music. I don't feel it. Birmingham is the home of rock and metal. Uh, I know that much. Birmingham is the, Birmingham has no music scene. Callan, um, I didn't say it had one. <laughs> moving it's swiftly along. It's nice to say that. <laughs> moving swiftly along, Lee. Uh, sticking with the the Brummy theme, I'm going to say the fact that there are roadworks on both the main roads into town from my house so I can pre- I'm pretty it pretty much takes me forever to get into town it's getting ready for, for Commonwealth 2022 yeah. <laughs> by digging up half I think, I think one of it is like they're building like a cycle highway thing as oh. well and yeah that's just it's like I'll have to like wiggle my way around residential areas just to try and get anywhere where there's no traffic I'd like to see you wiggling around local areas. Coming full circle again, Disney's upcoming streaming platform, which will no doubt be terrible and have a bunch of forced sequels because Fox already forced out enough bad bad and unnecessary sequels to their franchises. And it's only going to get worse. In brackets, a.k.a. Callum won't be able to afford to pay for it, so (laughs) he won't be able to enjoy it. Right. I'm going to probably off a bit of our northern audience Manchester's Language. insistence that they're the second city <laughs> I was reading I mean mate they've got a better music scene <laughs> there was a beautiful article on the Guardian this week about 
Channel 4 moving, it's going to be decided at the end of October, so by the time this podcast out, it probably will be decided, and the shortlist is Leeds, Manchester or Birmingham. And The Guardian wrote an article about how Birmingham is probably the best place, as it has the biggest population in the country of under-25s, it's one of the most diverse cities, it has a population of over a million people living in the city, (laughs) not Greater Birmingham, (laughs) the city of Birmingham, and... Every single comment underneath of it was Manchester's the second city, Manchester's the second city, Manchester's the second city, <laughs> lumping in Salford and Bolton to your greater Manchester area still puts you behind the West Midlands area and also in population like, size. Just because you keep saying something is a second city doesn't make it true. Yeah. I mean, like, when you it's get. It's just a fact. Birmingham is a second city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when you get one Michelin starred restaurant, we've got five, but when you get one, when you're cultural scene is bigger than us when you have sporting events such as the NIA and everything that goes on around there and the Commonwealth Games comes to Manchester again maybe then you can say your second city but until then keep quiet little boy they didn't even have the party political conferences like they have what what does Manchester have nothing angry northerners who think they're in the second city also channel four if anyone from channel four is listening please give us all a job we'd greatly appreciate it (laughs) shut up Callum (laughs) so to recap can we just go back to the, the second city thing as well? I've yes. never really understood that kind of what kind of claim. It's like, uh, is, there, is there somebody like out there going, "Yeah, I won silver. Yeah, I'm cool." Um, <laughs> it's like, it's, I mean, just, they, I mean they, Birmingham, it's, uh, Birmingham is a, a good city oh. apart from the roadworks and whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But fighting over like you're the second city of what? Is that, I don't. No, no. Birmingham's the first city. They're arguing with London on which one of the ah, second city. There yeah. <laughs> so now to, I'm on board. That's good. To recap, Phil. Uh, Netflix cancelling its POC-led Marvel shows. Keith. Exactly the same. Double trouble. Lee. Roadworks. Guy. Local music. Callum. Disney and Fox. And me, Manchester, pretending <laughs> they're the, the second city of Manchester. Manchester. All of it. Manchester, Man- come down here, Noel, if you think you're hard enough. Yes, pretending to be the second city of the UK. <laughs> Mate, if Liam Gallagher starts on us now as a result of this, he's fighting you. I'd fight Liam Gallagher. Oh, he's my irritating. God. <laughs> He'd get stuck in his park and the hood would come down. He'd be flailing all over Noel the Noel Gallagher is the better Gallagher brother. It's facts. AR kid. What's going on? It's Geeky Going Sun. It's time for your week in geek. We tell you what's coming up in comics, podcasts, video games, and the local Birmingham area. Stuff to check out. Stuff that's cool. Starts off Keith, Comic of the Week. Yeah, you need to change that to Comics of the Week. I'm going to mention a couple Here of. Here goes again. Oh, I'm going to. Kids walking to a <laughs> it's too it's too good a month. I'm going to mention a couple of uh, titles that are definitely worth you picking up uh, this week at your local comic shop on Wednesday. Um, the first is Dynamite are running a new series of classic Battlestar Galactica see, um, stories. Not um, 1980. No, this is the classic 1970s one with Starbuck, nice. Apollo, and all the rest of it, and the kind of Egyptian stylings. It's pretty good. They did a, a, an issue zero a while back, which is quite interesting. So uh, I definitely want to be on board with this. And Walt Simonson, who was an artist on what, the original Marvel run, is doing a few covers, so that'll be worth looking out for. Another one to look out for, uh, coming from Image, is a new book called Outer Darkness. Uh, I've been seeing some uh, preview artwork for that, which looks amazing. Uh, so I'll be picking that up out of pure curiosity, because that's really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chelsea Kane is doing a new vision series for Marvel, which, based on her previous work for Marvel, has always been... Um, 
great, really. <laughs> what, a um, what a fantastic she, she's, review. She's garnered a bit of controversy for certain things, but yeah. I think the more she writes for Marvel, the better it is. Uh, but my big pick for this week is going to be um, a recreation by of, of William Gibson's original screenplay for Alien 3, um, which has been serialised as a comic. Is that the one with the monks and the wooden spaceship? This is the wooden, the, the wooden spaceship. So... Uh, it's been credited as being written by William Gibson, obviously, it's coming from the original screenplay, but also Johnny Christmas is mm-hmm. responsible for writing, but he's also drawing that uh, with Tamara Bonvillian. Um, and the, the synopsis for that, officially for it, is this is the official adaptation of the original screenplay for Alien 3, written by William Gibson, the award-winning science fiction author of the cyberpunk cult classic ne- Neuromancer. Mm-hmm. You'll see familiar characters and places, but not all are the same in this horrifying Cold War thriller. So, Alien Free but better. Uh, well, it's it's been about for a while this script uh, on the internet, but I'd like to see it in a comic form. So, I'm going to be certainly picking that up. Cool podcast of the week with Philip Hillis. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Not verified one. <laughs> this this week, um, as it was um, recently World Mental Health Day, my pick is Mentally Yours, mm-hmm. uh, which is a mental health chat show podcast hosted by Ellen Scott and Yvette Castor from Metro.co.uk. I'm just talking about in sort of a, a cash um, cash kind of way. They have people, different people coming and talking about their experiences. Their most recent episode is called "What to Do When You're Being Ghosted by Your Friend." Oh, that's cool. Oh, Callan. Callan. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what you filled it to you a few weeks ago? That's true. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lee. Video game of the week. <laughs> My um, game of the week this week would be uh, Grip Combat Racing, which is um, it's a futuristic arcadey racer kind of thing. You're in these big, heavy vehicles with massive wheels, which means mm-hmm. they can drive upside down. Uh, it's based on uh, an old PS1 game from about 20 years ago, which is called Roll Cage. Yes. And it's a very similar sort of game to that. I think it's got some of the staff members from that, and it's got like fans of the, the original game have worked yeah. on this. And a bit of a heritage back to stuff yeah. like a Road Rash, those kind of games. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like very fast-paced, kind of weapon-based um, racing game, so you can like fire missiles around everything. And um, I played a bit of it at EGX, and it's, it seemed a lot of fun. And that cool. is out this week. So. Worth checking out, though? Yes. On in the local area, 6th of November. Electric Cinema, The Silent Child, directed by Chris Overton. When The Silent Child hit BBC screen in March this year after being awarded the Oscar for Best Live Action Short, the public were cat- captivated. In a silent world, the storytellers are communicative and education tussles a young deaf girl experience in a hearing family. The short film provoked deep felt discussion amongst deaf people, parents and professionals alike. The reshowing of The Silent Child, followed by a panel discussion, will bring leading research and real-life experiences to the forefront and reflects on the impact a film has had in the context of deaf education, communication and support. Is that the one starring Mitzi from Hollyoaks? Possibly. Right, okay. Uh, on at the Mockingbird on the 7th and 8th of November is Fahrenheit 11.9. Filmmaker Michael Moore predicted that Donald Trump would become the 45th President of the United States. Travelling across the country, Moore interviews American citizens to get the social, economic and political impact of Trump's victory. Moore also takes an in-depth look at the media, the Electoral College, the government agenda and his hometown of Michigan. 
Mac Birmingham, Saturday 10th of November, The Godfather. If I need to tell you anything about this film, you haven't watched this movie probably. It's one of the the greatest films of all time. It's been shown in 4K. If you can stay awake for the whole course of the movie. Yes, because most of us are old and intelligent (laughs) enough to. Uh, Once a book ahead on Tuesday 22nd of November and Sunday the 27th of January, Dave Gorman is bringing his latest PowerPoint presentations to the world at the Birmingham Symphony Hall. Worth checking out there. And support will be from Nick Doody. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're sorry, Nick Doody. Sorry for laughing at your name. Thank you for joining us on the Geeky Brummy podcast this week. Phil, where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Philip underscore Ellis. That's Philip with one L and Ellis with two. Lee, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at the Cheap Ferret. Keith, hard luck underscore hotel on Twitter's without the underscore pretty much everywhere else. Callum, you can find me at Danes Radio, all one word on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, and at DanesCallan.wixsite.com slash Danes. Slash Callum Danes. Stop flogging your Wix site. Train to get made. (laughs) Guy, where can we find you? Um, I don't know. It's helpful. <laughs> Thank you. Vinyl gay H. Vinyl gay H. Yeah, you can find I'd love to know what you look for under vinyl gay H, to be honest with you, Gala. Right, moving on. Vinyl gay H. Plastic discs. I would check to see if the, uh, if our Mr. Stolen Donuts would reply, but it's been queued in my outbox for the entire show. Ah. <laughs> so we'll have to hold that till the next time. But you can find me. Stealing Chase- a donut truck. Chasing the donuts. <laughs> At Ryan Parrish on Twitter, at Brummy Gourmand on Twitter. You can find us all at Geeky Brummy, at Geeky Brummy on Instagram. I've already done Keith. He's got a film fight idea for the next show. So oh, of just course. Oh, yeah. so, no, we're doing this one again, I guess. So. Yeah, I think it went down well the Go last on, time. So our, our, category our, of the week? our theme for next, next, the next film fight is detectives but in the meantime check us out at geekybrummy.com on youtube at geekybrummy on twitter instagram and facebook at geekybrummy and if you'd like to throw a little money our way we've also set up a ko-fi account so if you go to ko-fi ko-fi.com forward slash geekybrummy give us your money Give us give us your money give us your bleeping money you can drop a tip pay for a coffee just the tip yes <laughs> Callan needs feeding save save Callan he's we starving. need to pay for Callan's education we have yeah, <laughs> private education for Callan it's formula but, <laughs> but for now thank you very much and goodbye everybody bye bye, bye podcast listeners Thank you for enjoying our podcast today. If you'd like to help support Geeky Brummy, you can help us out at ko-fi.com forward slash Geeky Brummy. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Geeky Brummy.